AdFreeShows.com has two can't-miss events this April. April 5th, the Nature Boy will join AdFree Shows members to watch his WrestleMania 8 title match against the Macho Man Randy Savage 30 years later. And then we'll celebrate 25 years since Barely Legal 1997 with Taz and Sabu joining us for a live watch-along on April 14th. This is your chance to watch your favorite wrestling moments with your favorite wrestling stars exclusively at AdFreeShows.com. You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without our Hall of Famers, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Better and better each day, man. And how about Diamond Dallas Page? DDP, how are you, dude? Doing great, man. Doing great. Um, you might uh, recognize uh, this place if you uh, watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Because I know you were about to ask me, uh, where are you? <laughs> so- are you in the accountability crib? We are in the accountability crib and uh, listening to voices. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, we, uh, we actually, we have a whole new show that we're shooting. It's a docu-series uh, and we're filming it right here and it's called change or die. And you really could have, yeah. you know, you could have called it that instead of the resurrection of Jake, the snake, you know, um, just different. Um, and uh we brought five people into the house and we are documenting this journey. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, biggest loser meets um, the apprentice because there are challenges, 
meets intervention. Um, we've got a really great group of people here that are, uh, you know, for the first, we've only been here three weeks now and uh, we've got some like just unbelievable footage of what's happening within the house here, just like we did with uh, the resurrection of Jake the snake. Um, some of the people you know, you'll know, some people you won't know, um, you know, this is a wrestling podcast. Uh, you know, it's already out there all over the internet that Buff, uh, Buff Bagwell is in the house. Um, getting a facelift. Getting a facelift. <laughs> Just coming back from facelift surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're kidding. His jokes. Jokes. <laughs> uh, that's what uh, um, God Rogan always says when he's on stage. Jokes, people. Jokes. Jokes. Yeah. <laughs> jokes. This is smart. Yeah. And giving him credit. So I'm not stealing it. Um and uh, also Butterbean is in the house. Oh, wow. And Butterbean's actually in the shot behind him. Raise your arm, Butterbean. You're back there. How about that? <laughs> yes, Butterbean. When, uh, when Dallas gets three, he's going to be Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he's got one after another, don't he? And, and then we have three other amazing people in here. And uh, one of them, his name is Mildred. And uh, Mildred's 67 years old or 67 years young on her way to being. Uh, we've got Cece, and she's an amazing young lady we have in here. And we've got a young man named Taylor. We call him T-Dog. And uh, each one of them has their own story here. And each one of them are on this journey with us. So uh, we'll be bringing more of that out as uh, the days and weeks and months roll on. And, you know, we're doing it all ourselves, editing it all ourselves, and then we'll find a place to put it. Well, man, I'm excited to see how that, you know, comes to fruition. And, and I think anybody, when they see that backdrop where you are right now, they know the story of Jake, the snake Roberts and Scott Hall. And unfortunately Scott Hall's story has, uh, well, his life may have come to an end, but his story is not. And that's what we're here to do today is celebrate his story. Because you talk about a guy who touched so many people. I don't know that you guys saw this, but when the news came out that we had lost Scott Hall, Scott Hall was the most searched thing on Google that entire day, over 2 million searches that day. No one looked up anything more than they looked up Scott Hall, not just in wrestling in the world. Uh, that's quite an impact, quite a legacy. And, and you guys were there for a lot of the good times, a lot of the bad times and now, unfortunately, selfishly, there's some sad times because I didn't know Scott all that well. I probably had 30 conversations with him and I'm glad that he's at peace finally. Um, yeah. but selfishly, God, I wish we had more time with him. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, I'm just glad that, you know, that when, when he did leave here, the, the, I knew the response. I knew it was going to blow up the internet. I didn't know if he'd be the number one person researched, you know, on the internet that day, but I knew it'd be pretty close, man. Cause every single person, you know, who I talked to, you know, I, I had nothing but love. And, you know, I think Jake and you, you knew this coming into this, you didn't believe people felt the way they felt about you. No, you I, know? Didn't, I didn't have a clue. No, he really didn't. And I don't think Scott did either. I don't no. think Scott did, you know, but you know, he was still torn Scott had him. a lot of anger yeah. towards himself. And uh I, I'm just so happy that he got 10 more years. You know, um, when when Dallas went down and met with him and, and he came he came up here, 
he wasn't in a good place then. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that he was close or whatever back then, but he damn sure wasn't in a good place. And by coming up here, he got 10 more years out of it. Man, he looks, man, movie star, man. <laughs> he looked like a movie star. By the time when he left here, he looked like a movie star. Damn for, right he did, for the last 10 years, he did too. And so, you know, he's like that to me, he's like now the James Dean of wrestling because he still looked amazing, you know, right on up to all the way out, you know. You know, we talked earlier this week, you and I did Dallas. And when you said Scott Hall to me was like the James Dean of wrestling, I had never heard that before, but I was like, that's exactly it because nobody could really put their finger on what made James Dean cool. He just was, and and, and that's the word that everybody used to describe Scott Hall. He was just cool above all else. He could wear goofy shit that you would make fun of somebody for. But when Scott did it, it's like, well, it's pretty badass. He's just cool. And that's something you can't teach or coach. He was just cool. He just had it. Yeah. He, uh, he pulled that off. Uh, and that's the big, I got, I remember when fluffy was here, you know, Gabriel Iglesias, <laughs> he told me he cried for three weeks when he realized that he wasn't Mexican. <laughs> you know, you talk about timing because oh you never would be able to do that today. Right. No. You couldn't, you couldn't do it, but Scott Hall gave a lot of young Latino kids, you know, like hope, you know, and you know, that, that whole character, man, <laughs> you know, but he came in as the, you know, it started as the diamond stud, right. You know, cause he had already been big Scott hall, Gator Scott hall, yeah. uh, coyote spaceship or starship coyote. Yeah. Or the spaceship coyote. starship. Coyote. I don't know. Understand how a guy six foot six and 298 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal ends up with that name. But you know, I get the Scott Hall ones. Gator, I didn't really get either. But whatever. None of those was really Scott. And I, you know, I don't think Scott, you know, really knew who he was as a character or how to amp Scott Hall up. Like Jake, you know, as Jake Snell, he created this character, Jake Snake Roberts, but it's really in Smith jacked up in, in that playing that part. You know, for me, it was just me jacked up or, you know, or, or Austin or whoever, but Scott couldn't really find that spot. And when he came in to WCW and changed his look, you know, and got him to dye his hair jet black and get rid of that walrus mustache because he had the blonde hair and the big mustache and you, you change that. And we went to TV that day. And no one recognized him. Nobody. And it kind of flipped them out a little bit, you know, because he was like me. It would flip me out. If all of a sudden, guys, I like if Jake, if I walk up to Jake and start talking to him and he's talking to me and he doesn't really act like it's me because he doesn't know it's me. That would freak me out. You know, so that was the beginning of it. And then he found like, wow, look at this character inside this guy. Like, I think physically, because in the ring, man, he was so smart. I put him at the top of the list, but, you know, Scott was a huge fan of Jake and following Jake in psychology. Scott Hall really had all that. He had all that. And then we'd get in my 62 pink Cadillac, man. And most of our TVs are right around here. And, uh, We'd uh, we drive from one South Florence, South Carolina, or Macon, Georgia, or wherever, 
and he be rolling <laughs> down the road, rolling down the road, rolling. And, you know, he was not, a, I never saw Scott Hall take a drink, a beer, nothing, wow. nothing, never. And he would do Scarface and he knew every one of those quotes. So that's where it all, that's where it all started from. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Chew can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, BlueChew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free and use our special promo code DDPSnake at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is DDPSnake to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. What's interesting too, is you go back and you look in his early years and he almost looks like a more muscular Magnum TA with the blonde hair yeah. and the big mustache, yeah. but a totally different presentation. But as the rumor goes, you had a lot of influence with that Dallas, the, the switch to the dark hair and getting rid of the mustache and the diamond stud. That was a lot of your brainchild, the toothpick, all that, right? Yeah. The toothpick. <laughs> we were leaving a waffle house, you know? We both, you know, they always grab toothpicks on the way out. And that I, was the best part of the meal. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, um, I, dude, oh, I got this idea. Wait a second. We stop. I go, at the end, of, at, well, I'm going to go back and get some more toothpicks. I'll be right back. I run and grab a bunch more toothpicks. And I go, this is what we're going to do right at the end of the promo. This is our first promo. I said, we both take them out of our mouth and flick them into the camera. And during the promo, my toothpick fell out of my mouth. And I was like, no, like, oh, man, that was such a great gimmick. And boy, it was meant to be. Oh, God, it was, it was, that's a God moment, yeah. you know? He took that toothpick out, ding. And, you know, bad guy was born, man. Someone told me, was I don't think it was Austin. I was talking to Austin. God, I can't remember. Maybe it was Mark Merrow. I was talking to the other day, and he was watching some old Diamond Stud footage. 
And I used to you know, strip the stud. So it was like a rude gimmick too, you yeah. know? And I'd call up to look for the best looking girl. And people would be pointing out, this girl, this girl, come on down, come on down. And some of the girls I'd have to strip the stud, other ones I'd go, you know, you looked a lot better looking up there. Nope, ain't happening. Stud, do it yourself, bro. <laughs> oh, you look at Huggins' face. <laughs> that was he. Absolutely. That, that was he. We were heels. Yeah. You know? We get shot in the shit. Yeah. That was, I'm sorry to any of you or anybody who's watching. I'm sorry I ever did that, but it was part of the show. <laughs> I, I uh, for you. <laughs> To switch gears a minute, I did a little research before we clicked record and, and Jake, I was kind of surprised to see, I think you only ever wrestled Scott twice before the Mexico run. I know you guys did a handful of matches in 97 in Mexico for AAA, Uh, but, but that I think was the, the fake razor, the actual Scott right. hall. Right. I think you only wrestled a dark match once, uh, in West Virginia. It was a tag match with you and razor against gold us and one, two, three kid. And then once on a German tour in 1996. Yeah. In Germany. You know, to show you what kind of guy is or was we go to Germany. I'm at the end of the road for me. Uh, I'm out of shape and we're on this German tour and I'm wrestling Scott. And I already know that my job tonight is to make him look good. And I can't remember who the agent was. They go over and tell Scott and Scott just got up and he started throwing just, hell no, I'm not doing it. Screw that. It's not happening. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Scott, what's going on? He goes, I'm not doing it. What? I'm not beating you. What? That's what I'm here for. He goes, Jake. Ain't no way in hell I'm beating you. I'm taking the DDT right out there. One, two, three. That's it. Because Scott was a fan too, man. He was, man. He was but such he had a the love like and respect yes. for the business. Yes. You know? He loved There's he not loved but a handful of people that'll do that. Mm -hmm. Scott was one. And we went out and we had a good time. We actually wrestled one more time and uh Oh my God, it was for the insane clown posse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't a pretty night. And somebody hit Scott in the head with a beer bottle. Oh, that's And uh, the match only went about four minutes because Scott got hit with a beer bottle and he finished the match out there with that fan. I was just <laughs> in the ring, you know, and um, he kicked the shit out of them. And uh, that was the end of the night, man. I, I, I left because when that, Giant fish hit the rim. Like, that's it for me. I'm out of here. Yeah, I was crazy. I was there one time. Man. Brutal, man. <laughs> that's true. That was a crazy when you when you drove into that oh into, my God. that insane clown posse field. I felt like I was driving up on Devil's Rejects. Yeah. I mean, it was scary, man. That reminds was, me of it, right? more, more like uh you know, the zombies and shit. That's what I'm Before, saying. Yeah. 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 Zombie, yep. yeah. That was really crazy shit. The zombies actually look better than a lot of people. That I'll tell you what, though. I got so much respect for those clowns, though, man. They are so oh, yeah. good guys. And they they love the business. And uh, they were really good to me. And they were really good to Scott, too. Yeah, they were. They, they were they really were. good they to Scott. They, they, loved, loved, they loved Scott to death. Man. Yeah. How random is that, though, that Jake had two matches, two singles matches, one at an ICP show in Evansville, Indiana, and the other in freaking Germany for the WWF. That's, 
That's about as far apart as you can get from one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens that way sometimes, you know. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas, and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated, what if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. You know, one of the things, I don't know that you guys had a chance to read Dave Meltzer's obituary, but he did such a fantastic write-up about Scott Hall and his influence. He talked to Sean Waltman Dallas, and he said that perhaps Scott was the smartest person in that car. Of course, talking about riding with the click back in the day. And he said one of the things he taught him was... Hey, if you're working a TV match, grab a hold. Don't just hit one move after another that forces the announcers to just call the action. But when you grab a hold, now they've got to put you over. And that is such a really smart nugget of wisdom. I've never heard in wrestling and gosh, how many hours a week do I do podcasting? And I never heard that explained like that. The idea that you can't just do one after another, grab a hold and let those announcers tell your story. Just a genius little nugget of information there. Yeah, I, I knew. Uh, you know, just when it came to Scott, there's a there's a bunch of things that we go head to head with, you know. And he would say, "Dally, it's just your opinion." <laughs> That's what he would say. <laughs> and then I can't tell you how many times I would call him up, 
you know, between when he left, I want to say, when did he get there? 94, 93. When did he get up to, to New York? 92, into 92. 92. Okay. Between 92 and 96, I'll bet you I called him five times because now I'm a worker. I'm not just the manager because that's when we had these discussions, you know, because I thought I knew. And I would call him up. I go, uh, I'm just calling you again, dude. Um, no, you're on the road, but I just got to say, uh, you were right about uh, whatever it was, you know, uh, maybe I don't know what I don't know what it could have been right now. I can't remember, but I know it's five times I called and said, just want to let you know you're right. <laughs> so I didn't do that with him because I'm already working. So whatever he tells me, I'm pretty much buying it, you know. So uh, what were you going to say? No, nothing. Just what can you say? What can you say? I mean, uh, I'm so I'm so angry. Not at Scott. It's a disease, you know. And he fought it, and fought it. But Scott like like to be alone at times, and uh, that COVID I, I think thing. that's one of the things that got him was being alone locked up in a place and having to listen to himself. Well, I come, I come by there a bunch of times, bro. And I just try to get him to get, come out. And he was like, D I'm, I can't get a chance of getting COVID. Yeah, couldn't take that chance, man. He's yeah. locked up. And yeah. you know, when I get alone, man, that's where I get in trouble. Yeah. Because uh, stinking thinking. That's yeah. what I call it. Zig Ziglar. And stinking thinking, and uh, the old devil creeps in and says, You know, see, the devil can justify anything. He can justify rape, he can justify whatever you want. Your mind can do that. And I think that's probably what happened to Scott. You know, he just got to where, you know, what the F, you know? Well, at the end, at the end, Jake, you know, he was sober. Yeah, yeah, I know. know? And he fought it for so long. But there was times where he fell down and he got yeah. back up again. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, he was just weak at the end. You know, it was just tough. You know, seeing that. Yeah. So I think if he was stronger, if he had a better immune system, he, you know, that those operations wouldn't have, you know, fucked him up the way they did. But uh, let's talk about some positive shit. Yeah, I'm let's sorry. do. I want, I want to talk about the debut. You know, I think it happened at Super Brawl, the very first one, May 19th, 1991. Dallas, you're going to come out and say, Sting and Lex Luger aren't big enough stars to be live in the Diamond Mine. And you introduce the Diamond Stud, your latest find at Scott Hall's surprise debut. Talk about a fresh uh, fresh coat of paint here on, on a character. Was he nervous, excited, anxious? Did he feel like this is his big break at the time? Um. You know, he just, he felt positive as hell. He was excited about it. You know, what you, you were getting a nice little spot here to break away from that, from that, uh, match and come right to me and him and some smoking hot diamond dolls. And, uh, you know, he was just, he was just happy to finally, you know, be back working here in the States. Cause he had just got back from Germany, you know, probably about a month or so before that. So, uh, you know, just for us to be, it was like, we always thought we were main event. You know, didn't didn't matter. They weren't putting us in the main event, you know, meaning him as the wrestler and me as the manager. Uh, but but he was excited to have a, a new fresh start. I think uh, his tryout match was actually late April at center stage. And that's where he debuted. As far as I know, his version of the crucifix powerbomb, Jake, right. the DDT, the diamond cutter. 
to world famous finishing maneuvers, but every time someone does that move now, I think we all think of Scott Hall. What'd you think of that as a finishing maneuver? Well, I damn sure could have never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've always had the idea that when you come up with your finishing maneuver, make sure you can do it to everyone in case you ever have to wrestle that. But uh, Scott, he put 300 pounders up there. He didn't give a shit. He could do it. He was, he, he was a horse, man. He was, he was super so strong. strong. And once he got you up, he could walk around. You know, I would never do something like that. Cause like, hell, I couldn't pick up my, my sister or, you know, <laughs> like that. Are you kidding me? But, uh, he did it. And it, it looks so magnificent when he, when he holds you up there. Just the sign of the cross in my mind plays with me. Yeah. So it impressed. Uh, and, and and he always protected you on that thing. Yeah. He yeah. threw you out far enough. If you just let him flat. do it, yeah. you're good. Yeah. You, know? you know, sometimes he'd stick you. <laughs> so is everybody. <laughs> Oops, you moved. Yeah. yeah. I remember when, uh, when I had the match with Randy Savage and Scott was like out there with Randy and it's a no DQ. Randy hits me with the belt. Scott picks me up and gives me his finish. And then Randy came off the top and Did you kick out dude, <laughs> landed on my face. I know yeah. I've had that lat drop before. No, no. Uh, Randy that, never hit you with the big elbow, but it was a lat drop. Yeah. Look at this whole thing here. I, I, I woke up backstage walking with Kimberly and I was stopped. And I said, did I just oh, wrestle? I happened here. Like that was one of those moments. And I always thought that Scott hit me with the belt. Because when Scott Hall came with something, he hit you. you. <laughs> we we did an angle at my Christmas party, which I was just talking about today. Uh, Christmas party where um, the NWO show up, Kev and Pac and and uh, and Scott, and you know we get this altercation, and Scott takes a Coke bottle. Now it's a gimmick Coke bottle. But it's a Coke bottle, you know, <laughs> even though it's made of sugar glass. It and, still hurts. <laughs> and Scotty hit me so hard in the face, and it shattered. And I went down, and then he threw our Christmas tree on top of me. Now, Kimberly doesn't know any of this is happening. Oh, gosh. Oh, She's God. screaming at him. You son of a bitch, you threw our trouble. Scott, pick up that tree. I mean, oh, I'm just laying there knocked out. Oh, okay, man. cut. We're done filming. Oh, my God. And what happened is I got three little pieces of that sugar glass in my eye. Oh, and gosh. I stayed up the whole time with the party and everything. And everybody left around 3 o'clock. I mean, everybody who was anybody was there, too. And at one point on my deck in the back, remember that deck? Like Dusty was out there and Big Show was out there and or at the time the Giant, uh, Ron Reese. There's there's over a thousand pounds yeah. right there, you know. And there's there's twenty other people. And I just heard about one of those you know those porches collapsing, collapsing. with people. And I started looking out there. I'm like, oh, oh God, God. <laughs> <laughs> going to take half the half the roster's roster gone. Roster out. It's gone. Oh, hey, let's get a couple. Of you guys, Jim, Stein, come on in here. Come on, G, come on in here. Hey, Ron Reese, come on in here. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't want anything to happen there. But I I got those things in my eye, and I kept going the whole night. 
And afterwards, Kimberly took me to the hospital. They went in and washed it out. Wow. But when Scotty hit you, anybody who's ever hit with a, I thought he hit me with that belt and it knocked me silly, but it wasn't. It was Randy because I saw it maybe about a month ago or so. And I realized Scott didn't hit me with the belt. Matter of fact, Scott laid me perfect for Randy to land on my face again. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Scott would come with something, so I thought it was him. <laughs> the NWO is the lake. It always looks good when your head compresses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, check this out. I'm so excited to share this with you. We've been working on it for a long time, and we've got two incredibly special events coming your way. I can't believe this is real, but we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of one of the most important pay-per-views in history, one of my personal favorite pay-per-views in history, of course, I'm talking about barely legal 1997 ECW's very first pay-per-view Paul Heyman convinced the boys and us, the fans that this was the dance. And finally, we were going to see Taz and Sabu boy. They built that match for what felt like years. And now they're finally going to hook it up only on pay-per-view. And I can't believe this is real buddy. The 16 year old in me is so excited for this. We're going to have Taz and Sabu do a watch along of that match and take your questions about barely legal 1997. What was going on in front of the camera, but more importantly, what did we not see behind the camera? These guys have never done this before, but they're going to do it together with us on April 14th at 9 PM Eastern. And yes, you can be there. Yes. You can ask questions. It's all happening at adfreeshows.com. But buddy, before that, do we have something special in store? I'm talking April 5th at 7 PM Eastern. Mark your calendars down the nature boy. That's right. Ric Flair is going to join us live as we watch back his classic WrestleMania eight title match. It's Ric Flair, the macho man. It's for the world title and it's 30 years this year. Can you believe it? It's been 30 years since WrestleMania 1992, and we are going to talk about what could have been with WrestleMania 8. I think everybody expected it to be Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Instead, it was the Macho Man, and what a match it was. By the way, these are both happening at adfreeshows.com. A $29 level membership on adfreeshows.com gets you a seat for not one, but both events, along with the access to all the content on the site, or become a top guy member to come up and ask your questions live with Taz, Sabu, and yes, the nature boy. That's two can't miss events in April at adfreeshows.com. That's the only place you can do this. Check it out. If you haven't already adfreeshows.com. You don't want to miss this. Uh, Jake, the NWO is probably his longest lasting legacy and will be forever. I mean, people are still enamored with it. And, and you'd been around the business for a long, long time. When in May of 96, he came down that aisle. What were you thinking when you saw that? Did you know, well, this is it. This is the next big thing. Did you know right away? Oh yeah. Right away. Right away. man. He, he had such a presence, you know, and, uh, it was such a surprise. I mean, it slapped everybody in the face, you know, and, and hell, even the smart marks were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Vince has sent them down there, you know? Or, or they're or they're doing a dual thing. Yeah. Some, something, something's happening. Something's here. going on here, and yeah. this is against the law. They're going to arrest him probably. And yet he went down and did what he's supposed to do. And uh, you know, yeah, NWO. Yeah, it got over. It got over. Yeah, <laughs> and Scotty, and he friggin', it was tough on WCW because you know he used to go out there and do that you know survey, 
you know, did you come here to see WCW? <laughs> no. <laughs> or did you come here to see the NWO? Everybody's going to do that no matter what. Yes. You know, even if WCW fans are pissed off, they're going to go NWO because it's Pavlov's dog. Yes. Everybody wants to be a part of the party, man. Yeah. And they want to be on the winning side. And it was obvious NWO was the winning side. And I really, honest to God, think that Eric would have turned it into the NWO, but and then WCW been the outlaws, you know, and they couldn't because Turner had spent I don't know how many millions of dollars creating that stupid logo that looked like a spaceship, and then they stuck it as your entrance before you walked out there and. They were like, I, I told Eric, I'm like, hey, e, are we going to do this? Are we going to be NWO? I mean, was, we need something. And he's like, no, nah, we can't do it. I want to do it, but they won't let me. Mm-hmm. And you ask Eric, you know, because I, I remember that wow. time that, that that was the reason why, you know. But, you know, Kev and, you know, Scott, you know, and of course, Hulk coming in changed the world, you know, but those two cats, man. They 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 changed professional wrestling at that moment. Yeah, they yeah. made that change, and starting off in Madison Square Garden, you know, with the old deal with you know, curtain call, yeah, the curtain call, man. I mean that you could tell right there if you look back in history, like that moment, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of it. And those two guys, from what I remember. They both didn't know because Scott was the first one and Barry Bloom was pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Barry Bloom was the one who put that. Me and Barry were talking about that the other night. And then Scott um, Bish said something about Kev, about him being a jerk off or something. And I was like, what? No, he's not. Well, he's a liar. I go, he's a liar. Why is Kevin Nash lying? You can't say something bad about Kevin Nash around me. You know, nobody can. And even Bish, you know, and I was like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, he lied to me when I asked him if he was going to, you know, when he asked for his release, if he was going to New York. I said, what are you talking about, man? He was making, it was costing him money to be a professional wrestler. When Nash started, he was making like 120 a year, which you can live off of and live comfortably. Well, then by the time Watts came in, it, it went over to like X amount per day you worked. Yeah. yeah. And he made like 62 grand that year. Before so expenses. Him. Before expenses. Right. Before everything. Before yeah. everything. Yeah. You're That's losing like making, money. Maybe he made like eight grand that year, 10 grand. You know, so it was costing him money to be a wrestler. I was like, Eric, that motherfucker is as straight as it gets. Like, no, he, you know, he did what he had to do for him and his family. And I said, he is a good, good guy, dude. And he was like, really? I go, really? He goes, what's his story? I said, what do you mean? He goes, is he up soon? I said, I don't know. I said, I'll give him a call. And I did. And same thing with Scott. They were around the same time. For when I remember those guys telling me, and Kev may maybe have a different story, uh, but I remember that they both didn't know until right before. Yeah. And neither one of them wanted to leave. Neither one of them wanted to leave 
and go to WCW, they wanted to stay there. They just wanted to be paid accordingly. Yeah. And when you think you've got all the power, you know, you oh, I'm just going to let him go. And didn't realize how strong those two cats were and how strong they were together because they were never really together. Right. You know, they were because they were working the whole program with Sean and, you know, the whole deal, the way they were kitted and everything, you know, but they were working together behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were working together out there. So it just was so natural for them to come together. And they, uh, they watch, they watch each other back. And, you know, I got to breathe there because, you know, we both, we kept, we took it hard, really hard. But Kev, he took it really hard. Like I took it hard, but he took it really hard. And, you know, it was tough. That last week or so was really tough. Jake, um, this is a tough episode to do. I'm going to try to talk about some positive stuff. Uh, Razor had quite the run in the WWF and became a major star there, but do you think that character Vince McMahon could have ever went with that character as the world champ? Because oh it, the, the, the innuendo is, especially with the razor and all that and doing the Scarface persona yeah. that he was, you know, a cocaine dealer. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> like you, you can mess like that. <laughs> you can't make that guy your champion. Sure. You could. Jesus Christ, man. Look at some of the champions. Give me a break. <laughs> well, I'm just saying in that era, uh, 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 don't get me wrong. He's going to bring a better edge. But I think when people talk about Scott Hall, they always go back to, is he the greatest wrestler to never win a world title? And of course, Bruce Pritchard would say he didn't need it. Uh, but, but. I just wonder, could he have yeah, ever I that line? <laughs> I bet you have the razor Ramon character. I'm not sure could have been, but boy, Scott Hall could have been. And I would even go out and say, everyone agrees with the success. The NWO had, I don't know that it would have caught on the way it did. If it wasn't Scott first, because people wore those NWO shirts. I still see them today, oh, yeah. uh, but, but, but I'm the saying they wear them to school. They wear them to work. They wear them to the gym. Like they're everywhere. Because it was cool. And before there was a pocket of society that thought wrestling's not cool. And candidly, right. even at the time, Hulk Hogan had sort of, well, that was passe. That was old hat. It wasn't cool yeah. anymore, but Scott Hall and that logo and that shirt and the association with Scott Hall for Hulk Hogan made it all cool. I just don't know that it would have worked as well without Scott. Oh, I don't think so either. Yeah. Definitely not. No I, I think he's the first one that's got to come out. And uh, establish the coolness of it. Yes. You know, and then it doesn't matter after that, you know, who you bring out because Scott's already established it. There's certain people, when they come through the door, everybody that watches and everybody listens, you know, there's not a whole lot of people like that. Scott was one of them. Everybody will stop what they're doing and see what he's going to do. Because nobody was sure. I don't think Scott was sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what made him so interesting for, for us guys. Mm. We didn't know which way he was going to go, what he was going to do. But we knew it was worth watching. Yeah. And that's the key. You know, and he would always come up with something. Some silly, crazy stuff. Or just something super entertaining, too, you know, or something like 
Like that's exactly what you're looking for. Like he, and he would shut up and he would just listen. And I'll never forget. We were having a meeting in there. We were in a meet. We were having a meeting in the in what I call the uh, Sons of Anarchy room with our big table and everything. And we were trying to come up with because my lawyer said for DDP Yoga we couldn't call it you know zero impact because there was some impact. And I couldn't think of like what the words were yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. We're doing we're having this discussion, you know, with about fifteen of us for a good two hours, and still can't get it. And I walk in here. And Scott pulls me over. He goes, Dally, I don't want to get in your business or anything. He said, but what if you said minimal joint impact? What I mean? Oh, <laughs> different yeah. story. Like, oh, so kick ass cardio, dramatically increase flexibility, strengthen your core at a different level with minimal joint impact. Like, perfect, bro. Okay. I said, you stick your nose at any time you want. I go, you're here. You're part of this. And that was just like things like that. Yeah, he said something that was worth listening to. I mean, it's like you, Scott would walk into a room and, and after being around Scott for a while, I, I knew what he would do, what he was <laughs> going to come back with. And somebody would make the mistake of saying, how you doing, Scott? And his line was, Better than you. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's freaking brutal, man. Oh, God. Gonna, that's better than saying this, you know. I mean, oh, better, better than you. you. Better than you. <laughs> oh, God. He was such a walking character sometimes, man. My favorite oh, story uh, in that vein is the famous story with the Dudley boys. Man, I love that finish you guys do. Can't wait to kick out of it. Right. <laughs> A great line. Uh, he had several, bro. Dylan Dylan wrote wrote this line, and I used it. I'll about find it. Um, God, I'll come back to it. Come back. I'll, I'll look for it. I'll look for it and uh, read it when I find it. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about: protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Jake, let's talk a little bit about 
you know, the, um, the long lasting impact of Scott Hall, you know, in the observer, Dave said that in his conversation with Waltman, Waltman said that Sean Michaels was better after he worked with Scott, Jeff Jarrett was better Mm -hmm. after he worked with Scott. He made everyone better. Isn't that the greatest compliment that a wrestler could have when you make your peer like in sports, if this was a traditional sport and we're talking about say a basketball player, man, when you hear guys say, oh, he made everybody around him better. That's the ultimate compliment. Is it not Jake? There are people that just, just, you know, without saying a word, you know, I enjoyed working with guys. My, my job at the WWF in those days was to get the next heel over to wrestle Hogan. And that was my job. But I can't tell you how many guys I've talked to that said, yeah, man, you know what he said about you, Jay? I'm like, what? He's like driving a new car, man, without being in the ring with you. I'm like, well, that's a hell of a compliment right there. <laughs> like Ronnie Garvin said it. I mean, I, I could list you guys right down the line that, you know, they appreciate what I taught them. You know, and my whole thing was teaching them that less is more. Mm-hmm. You know, get what you gave, you know, and if your reaction is nothing, then I'm not going to give you nothing, you know, and uh, Scott did that too. Scott, his time, his timing was impeccable. Just, he had spot on timing, man. And, uh, I mean, even, even with uh, the insane clown posse, we were having fun for that first two minutes and then beer bottle hit him and, Actually, that was kind of a shit drain. I'm going to tell you what he did to me for a second. We had a match, me and Scott. This is where I've come out, you know, now I'm wrestling now. I mean, and they right away put us together. And uh, Scott was so pissed off. And I didn't understand it at the time why he would be pissed off. Like, I created your gimmick. I got your job. <laughs> I mean, I'm freaking, I've done all this for you. And now you're mad because I'm, I'm actually wrestling with you. Because they won't let me manage anymore. And I get it. You know, I got it really quick. You know, not right then. It was probably the first time I called them. I go, okay, now I really get it. What that did is take you, who should be a main event guy, and put you tagging with the rest, the manager, which moved you to the bottom of the car. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Sorry, bro. (laughs) I just leave those messages. I was advertised. Right. So let me tell you what he did. The first night, we are in Salisbury and uh, Maryland. And it's me and him against Todd Champion and uh, uh, Chip, the firebreaker. And we actually, Chip had come down and worked with me a bunch of times down at Power Plant. So we had a natural groove together and stuff. And so we went out there. We actually, I mean, for considering this one of my first matches ever, like, we did pretty good, you know, and I felt pretty good about, it. well, the next night we were in Baltimore, there's probably 800 people in Salisbury. All right. Now we're in Baltimore and there's like 5,000 people. So Different match. it is I, I, all the way up. So I'm supposed to go get in there with chip and do some, or with chip and do some spots. Well, Scott being the river that he is, he gets in the ring and it's, uh, Chip and him, and he's and uh, he, he 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 walks around. They're gonna do a couple spots to tag me, and Scott just walked by and tagged me. Uh, and now what? Okay, well I step in, and then Chip tagged Todd. 
oh fuck so we got two like green as grass guys together in this ring to- oh god it was not it was it was a bit of a clusterfuck that night. <laughs> he's like call it out there kid call it out well when you're used to calling it okay i've been wrestling two months you got two guys that can't call. Yeah, right. Not so no, the pretty. blind leading the blind. Will the fans be glad when Scott gets back in the ring? Oh <laughs> God, me and that, that night, me and Chip got in a fight in the you back and everything. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't beat him. Up. No, I did not. Beat him. I did. I did stop him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stop him. Well, what what ended up happening was. Um, those guys, you know, they're both so muscular and so strong. Yeah. And they were, you know, just, you know, twisting your arm. Well, they're wringing the shit out of my arm. Shoulder And out. stepping the hell out of me. I thought the next <laughs> time that motherfucker lets me go, I'm going to stomp him. And I did. And when we walked through that curtain, Chip was so mad. Now, it, down the, there's lockers on both sides. So they're offices this is a you know this is a civic center and it's how old is this place i don't know 100 years old and so there's just a hallway and all these little rooms are off of it and chip starts cutting a promo on me loud i mean really loud and then fucking i'm fucking yelling back at him he's yelling at me then he chest bumps me i chest bump him and then he hits me with a right cross right here and boom. And when he hit me, I came through with that knee in his guts in front face locked his ass. Good night. He ain't going nowhere. Game over. And by this time, Steiners are out, Luger's out, Bagwell's out. They're, they're, they're all, they're all, they're all go, there. Go, go, go. And, and I just got him there, you know, and freaking out. And I really like this guy. He's not something, he's not a jerk off. I like him. It just got too much of a anxiety going that night and and i grabbed him i said dude what the fuck are you doing i lift him off his feet you know i go what the fuck i thought you were my friend motherfucker there's there's plenty of guys that are rooting against me right there and he was he, he was right so i fucking tell us got lucky i start to let him go and i said chip i said we're going to talk about this when we get done yeah we start up again i ain't letting go and i let him go and he got pissed and he walked off and I walked right behind him, like, dude, where are you going? No, we're going to talk about this. And Paul Lee's like, Heyman's like, no, no, go, go. Just go walk away, walk away. So I walked away, and Scott and I got together later that night, and he was like, dude, you got more over tonight than you Absolutely. ever could have, you know, in 100 matches. He said, you're in some respect. And I love Chip. He was a great guy, man. It wasn't, wasn't like it was a big knockdown, drag-out fight. It was just a, a take a, a swat. Now he hit me right here and opened me up. If he'd hit me right here, I was going. Yeah. I was getting married that weekend. The hit was never talked about. Though it was all about choking. Yeah, Bagwell. Bagwell still stirring the pot. Bagwell. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's knocking on the door. <laughs> oh, I love one more shot. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh, you know again. Scott telling me things in the beginning. He's like, why are you not managing, man? Now you've come down the bottom of the card. And I'm like, bro, they won't let me manage anymore. And that's another thing you used to tell me. 
Dali, you know, the, the bling and the hair and the rap and the dolls. Like, you're overshadowing the boys. Like, I'm too over the top for professional wrestling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, drop the cow. You know, and when Magnum told me that, you know, he told me the exact same thing I just said. I say, I said, man, what do I do to fix it? He goes, you can't. It's not your fault. And then he said, we should have put you in a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this. You know, and, uh, you know, that's where I decided I was going to do that, man. And uh, nothing was going to stop me. Nothing. I know we talked about it not too long ago, but I don't think it can be overstated. Had he not pushed behind the scenes and drawn a line in the sand almost with Eric Bischoff with your whole NWO rejection thing in January of 97, taking the diamond cutter and the Superdome, this whole thing may not have turned out the way it did for you, right? No way. No way. <laughs> no way. You know, I'd like to think I would have thought of something else, but there was nothing else that could have, because I was leaving. Yeah. I was going to ask for my release. If Kev, who loved this idea, and they, they're like, all right, we're killing everybody. We need to make some guys to, to work with. And Scott wanted to do it. Like, he really wanted to do it. And, you know, Scott and I were super tight. I, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I got to tell you the story Kimberly told. When uh, uh, I was in L.A. when everything went down. And uh, she said, you know, your life together. It intertwines him, Dusty, Eric. Scott and Kev, like those are the guys that are the staple of my life in, in that world. And she said, and she was up at Northwestern at the time. And I was like, wait, do you see this guy going to call him the diamond stud, but he is such a stud. And, you know, and she's telling me the story. She's like, and I've heard this guy's a stud and that guy's a stud. And then I saw him and I was like, whoa. He is a stud. He he might be the best looking man alive. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't the guy with the mustache and the, you know, it was this, it was this diamond stud. It was Razor Ramon, it was Scott Hall that once he took any, you know, he used to twirl that gimmick, you know, this what do you call the super you know, Superman, Superman curl. curl. Yeah. You know, before we go out there and you know, we go, oh, you're gonna beat the movie star. You know, like he knew he was all these things, you know, and, you know, it's a shame that, you know, that it is what it is because that some bitch could have been going forever, you know, but yeah, my career isn't the same without being put on that rocket by Kevin and Scott and then Mach, of course, coming in, but Mach, you know, like Mach, like Hogan. You know, like really any top, top, top dog, they're always looking like, who can I work with next that's going to elevate me as well, you know? Because Mach was doing a little bit of the drift, and then sure. he put himself right back up. <laughs> you know, and was I was coasting. I was damn happy when, when Mach left us. You know, I was super proud of the fact that the top five feuds of Macho Man, who feuded with every big star ever over a 20 year period had the him and Hogan had the mega powers had you and him 
I can't remember who the other one was, and it had me and him. But those were the top five views of Randy Macho Man Savage. Steamboat, right. That was it. I mean, they're just to be be brought into that group of guys. Like that to me was like that that's just like when he called me up and said, Congratulations. Congratulations for what? Reinventing the DDT. Like that was a that's a moment, man. Yeah. That's a moment, you know. I don't know if you missed it, but we are doing something special in Dallas. It's happening on April Fool's Day, but you would have to be a fool to miss this opportunity. We've got William Regal on stage with a live mic. That's right. You're going to hear from him for the very first time about what really happened and so much more. Plus the elusive, the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy with a live mic in his hand to tell his story as only he can. And they're going to be joining myself, Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. It's super show time. And you can pick up your tickets at supershowlive.com. It's all going down Friday night, April 1st in Dallas. And if you can't make plans to join us there in person at supershowlive.com, pre-order the pay-per-view fight is doing this pay-per-view for us and it's on demand everywhere in the country. But don't forget when you pre-order, you get that awesome Jeff Hardy trading card. I don't think Jeff Hardy's had a trading card that wasn't TNA or WWE specific. This is going to be very collectible. It's worth more than the pay-per-view, but you need to hurry and pre-order right now at supershowlive.com. But boy, the real value is joining us in Dallas, supershowlive.com. We've got an unbelievable happy hour. You'll get to get pictures and autographs with Jeff Hardy, with Eric Bischoff, with William Regal, and of course, with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, all before the doors open, you get the best seat in the house and you get to hear stories we've never told on the podcast. You can't find a better deal around than supershowlive.com. Seriously, price out meet and greets all you want. You add up Jeff Jarrett, you add in Eric Bischoff, you slide William Regal in there. And oh, how about a little Jeff Hardy sprinkle on top? Buddy, it's the best value around. It's supershowlive.com. Make plans to join us Friday, April 1st in Dallas, Texas. That's supershowlive.com. And if you can't be there, pre-order the doggone pay-per-view. You'll be glad you did. That trading card is going up, up, up at supershowlive.com. You uh you also had a, a second act with him in the WWE. Uh, they tried to bring back the NWO and, and you were trying to find your voice there after a really bad set of creative that we'll talk about another time with the undertaker. Um, but it, Thank that, you. I don't think I could have taken that today. <laughs> <laughs> that WWE experience though, after all the success you guys had in WCW, it just couldn't have been fulfilling or rewarding for Scott. I mean, he's working with stone cold at WrestleMania, but it still feels not the same. Now that's that's when Vince is dangling something in front of you. You don't quite get the stuff that tastes good. You know, it's disguised as one thing, and then you get out there, and it's a totally different thing. That's what happened to Dallas. It was disguised to be one thing, but when it come time to do it, nothing was done. Not on him. They chose to do that. And it's the sicko, stupid stuff where a promotion will bring guys in from a different promotion and they just don't want to put them over. They don't want to make them. They, all, want, they want to keep them down is not as good as we are. You all, know, all I know is when the NWO got formed or the outsiders, Bishop pushed them through the moon. Oh, yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> Cause that was the money. Oh yeah. That was the money. That was the ratings. 
And I, I, I listened to what something Hulk said recently and thanking Scott because he thanked Scott for making him cool again. Mm-hmm. You know, that was super huge a Hulk, you know, you know, to, you know, just to, just to, to say that, you know, yeah. because, and he knew it and we all knew it, you know, and him and Kev made, you know, Hulk friggin' I don't know, to me, he was bigger than ever. Yeah, you know, and he was because he had everybody behind him, and you know, it was it, such it was a, a whole strong, different taste too. Yeah, it's a whole different taste for the fans. Something, see, something different at the same old thing you already love. Now you can love him again. Yeah, you know. So, and that was that was different. I remember with Scott, I was I was wrestling. This this was a uh, a wake up call for me. I wrestled on Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest ever. And um, Eddie and I went out there, and Ed, they were they were wanting to turn Eddie heel, meaning the people in Buffalo, and it's packed. It's the first show we did with uh, my buddy um, um, Dennis up there, uh, uh, and he was doing the, uh, the tribute show to his dad. So it was seventeen thousand people up there, and uh, I grabbed the mic and I just dog the fans out. And I said, the last thing I knew was you cheering me. You know, after I did that, put it down. I get through the curtains. Paul pulls me aside. He goes, what the hell are you doing? I go, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm going out. What is it? He goes, what you just said. I said, I'm being a heel. He goes, no, no. What happened when you did that? They shut up. He said, Exactly. Now they're not doing anything. He said, you don't care whether they cheer or boo. You want them to do whatever. It's just like, you're a superstar. And I was like, probably middle of 96, maybe towards the end of 96 when me and Eddie were working together. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, all right, I get that. You know, it's like, you gotta, you don't care, you know, in this scenario, you want them to be loud. You know, if they're cheering you, let them cheer. Let it go. Let them cheer you. <laughs> so, that's what those guys did, too. And Scott was famous for giving back. I mean, on Nitro, he lost to Hector Garza. He lost uh, to Chris Jericho. And, boy, that worked out okay for Jericho in hindsight, didn't it? And <laughs> Larry Zabisco and, and, and your diamond cutter on Nitro. So many times where he was giving and and contributing and paying it forward and passing it on. And I know there's a lot of folks who are now wondering, Hey, is there going to be another hall running around? And Cody hall is still doing his thing in wrestling. Um, what do you expect from Cody now? Cause I think a lot of people have renewed interest in Cody and, and what might be possible for him in his wrestling career. I, I think there's definitely something there for sure. And, uh, Kev, you know, um, he's, he's going to really reach out and, you know, cause Kevin works every damn weekend cause he loves it. Yeah. And he's worked with every damn promoter there is. He knows them all. And Cody and I were talking about it. I had him and his, his sister and his uh, brother, uh, his brother, Scott's brother, Jeff over for dinner when they were in town here. And, uh, Cody, I, I think there, I think there is a future for him out there. And I think that, you know, timing is everything. And he's done his time. He's been to Japan. He's been to UK. 
you know, he just he just needs a break. You know, uh, I think you know working independence right now. You know, the independent world out there, they draw. Yeah, and I think Cody Hall as a name is a draw to see what he can do. Yeah, you know. So I think the time when we talk about this, like you know, and Kev's like. Like I say, it was really, really, it's still really, really hard on him. So anything that he can do to help out Cody, I know he's going to do. You know, that's just the way Kevin Nash is. You know, friend for life. For, for, for life. <laughs> friend for life. We, uh, we talk a lot about overcoming challenges and circumstances and, you know, failure is an event, not a person. I mean, uh, you know, we have a lot of those type conversations here and, when they did a, an ESPN, uh, special on Scott 10 years ago, I guess is when I first learned about his circumstance he had as a young man, as a bouncer in a club. And I happened to be with Eric Bischoff last week when the news came down and he told me that randomly when he was in Florida, visiting Scott and Kev during the height of the nitro thing. So 96, 97, Scott took him there and sort of relived that moment with Eric. And it was clearly something that all those years later still haunted him. And I know Jake, you've overcome a whole bunch of those demons. Yeah. That had to be a, something that Scott carried with him his whole life. Right. Yeah, it was. And everybody close to him knew that he still hadn't let that go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's damn near impossible to let some things go. You just gotta, I've, I've found out for, for me, <clears throat> instead of trying to let it go, you have to embrace it, accept it, and then do things to give back. Scott did all the giving back. He just never really, he never forgave himself. Yes. For that. You know, and I, I, I can't, you know, I, I have not been in, the, in that situation. I've had my damn situations, though. And I finally found out that I had to embrace it. You know, like with my father, I, I can't change who he is and who he was. He bottom line, my father, and I don't care what he is. I still love him. Yeah. Cause he's the only father I got, but I learned that if you embrace it and accept it, yes, he is your father. You can't change that. You have no control over that, but you don't have to like him. You don't have to like, and uh, that's what saved me was realizing that I'm going to love him regardless. The biggest piece of shit in the world. I'm still going to love him, but I don't have to like him, and I don't have to be around him. And I'm damn sure not letting my children be around. You know, and that's that's what I did. So with Scott, it was just different, and he was never able to do that. I'm just grateful that we have a God that forgives and uh, that he's in a place now that that he can be free of that. You know, and, uh, who knows? Who knows? Dallas, there's probably somebody watching this right now who maybe feels hopeless or isn't sure what to do next or is frustrated with their lot in life and don't really see a way out. There's always a way out. What words of wisdom could you drop on them, Dallas? You've seen so many people overcome and achieve and excel beyond their wildest expectations. 
when they never thought it was possible. And Scott was one of those. And you saw that with him. What could I you, saw him, I, I saw him get over stuff too. Yeah. You know, like one of the coolest things he said was thank you for, you know, we, we filmed it. One of his pieces, thank you for reintroducing me to myself. Hmm. And I really felt like he was on that trip for a long time. Yeah. It really kept him strong. And then, I think the COVID shit hurt him more than anything. Like I said, dropping into it. And I probably left him alone too long. No, but that is what it is. But I think more than anything, it's about this. Like we just do it. We do these challenges each week here on, um, on change or die. And the one this week is changing the story you tell yourself. And I did this, uh, talking about affirmations, positive affirmations. I was on Google, uh, not Google, on a brainy quote one day. And I saw this quote and I read it. And then I saw what his name was. So the quote is, the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. And then I said, when I read that, I realized, oh, my God, I know his affirmation. And I'm like, what's the odds of that? And then for everybody, I did his affirmation. I am the greatest. I am the greatest of all time. Who is that, Conrad? Muhammad Ali. He believed it. Every one of them said Muhammad Ali. You know, I'm like, well, how did you know that? Now, let's just back up. I'm going to tell you the same story. I'm down at NXT. This is a couple of years back. And I do that quote. And I said, Who's, who said that? Ali, 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 Ali. These kids are 20s, maybe early 30s. No one saw him box. No one who we grew up with him, you know, no one saw that. How do you know that? Because he said it a billion times. And that's the whole thing. The repetitions of affirmations. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. I feel like I suck. Yeah. You know, the, I'm like, no good. I'm no good. I'm the bad one. So those are affirmations. They can be really positive, but they can be really detrimental and pull you down into this abyss that yeah. you can't get out of. And it seems like there's no hope, you know? And so everybody after, you know, after everybody leaves, there's like 70 of the WWE NXT wrestlers there. They all come up, thank me. And waiting is Tommaso Ciampa. And he's got, his eyes are welled up. And he comes up to me and he shakes my hand. And he holds it with the other hand. He's like, you have no idea how much I needed to hear this today. And he gave me a big hug. Well, that night he was fighting for the uh, NXT championship against Aleister Black. And I'm backstage. Just got done talking to Triple H. I walk out and it's a main event. I want to hear that. I don't want to watch it on TV in the back. I want to walk out. I want to hear it. 
And there's Tommaso, and he's standing on the stairs, ready to go. And you're you're me, I'm him. And he's just looking up, and he's getting in his own. And then he looks at me, and he says, affirmations. And he walks to the ring. Like, that was a night. That was, I told him, I said, I'm going to use this. I want to tell this story, especially in so people can understand how, if you go back and look up his um, uh, his Instagrams or Twitters or whatever, you'll see him talk about that and reference Ali and reference, you know, the affirmations and how important they are, you know? And I found that thing I want to do. So this is, we're going to close it up with this. This is what I left. Better be hard. My brother has gone to Valhalla to raise some hell with Dusty, Macho, and all too many other brothers and sisters. You shook up the world, bad guy. Thank you so much for driving and teaching me all that you did in this crazy business we love so much. Thank you for letting me drive the last decade. So we can all enjoy your presence, your wit, and your charm. <clears throat> Scott was taken off the ventilator at 12 p.m. today. But it didn't have to, but he didn't leave this earth till after 6 15 p.m. Now, this is something Dylan wrote. I did not write this. Bad guy till the end. Yo, death, what's your finisher? Can't wait to kick out. He may not have kicked out, but he wasn't going to let that mother put that motherfucker over clean. You were one tough son of a bitch. I love you, and I miss you with all my heart. I tag Kevin Nash, Rip, Dally. Now his daughter had texted me. Where did I lose that from? She texts me, do you want to say goodbye? Oh, I know where it is. Do I want to say goodbye? That's where I was like, oh, shit. And I was super nice. The first 30 seconds uh -uh. at some point <laughs> I just cracked and I started yelling them. I said, I love you and fuck you fucking love you. You motherfucker. So fucking pissed at you. You son of a bitch. I said, uh, I won't let anybody ever smear your name, bro. I got you. You're going to die in God. I'll meet you in Valhalla. And that was that. Peace out. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. See you, See you next week.